Welcome to Aetherius Radio Live, the Hour of Truth with Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. Thank you to our regular listeners and those who are new for joining us on Aetherius Radio Live, brought to you on Body, Mind, Spirit Radio on the third Tuesday monthly at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. 6 p.m. UK time and 10 a.m. Pacific time. Let us really take this opportunity to lift our minds upwards as this hour of truth invites you to discover the cosmic message for this age revealed through legendary master of yoga and world-renowned medium Dr. George King between 1954 and 1997. Today on Aetherius Radio Live, your host, Richard Lawrence, is joined by his guest, Brian Kniep, Executive Secretary of the American, American Headquarters of the Aetherius Society in Los Angeles and author of Operation Earthlight, A Glimpse into the World of the Ascended Masters. Today's show is entitled The Saturn Mission Special. So, without further ado, as always, it is my great pleasure to hand over to Lawrence and his guest, Brian Kniep. Thank you very much, Nikki, and a very, very warm welcome to my very good friend, Brian. It's great it's to have you on the program, Brian. Wonderful to be good. here indeed. Thank you both. Thank you. And I must say, uh, this Saturn mission special is, is very timely because um, as members of the Aetherius Society and some of our friends and sympathizers will know, uh, a phase of the Saturn mission has just been successfully performed and Brian was a field commander on that phase, uh, phase 104 at Lake Powell. So congratulations for that, Brian. Thank you, Richard. It was a real honor and privilege to be a part of this phase, I must say. It's been um, a real struggle, really, this year. I think it's as uh, never before, hasn't it? I mean, with all the phases Crazy this year, year that it really has. And uh, it's just a, it was touch and go, and it's just wonderful to know we've been able to, to, to do our full commitment this year. Um, we'll talk more about that later. But I just want to welcome everyone. Now, I do know that we have some people listening who are very, very experienced in the Aetherius Society. They've been uh, staff or members for decades. We have other people who are very new to us, and it's always difficult. Sometimes we get messages, and it's difficult to to juggle both and to, 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 to give food for thought uh, to, to experienced listeners as well as making it simple and clear and understandable to those who are new to us. So please forgive us, um, especially if you're new to us, if there are some things we refer to that you don't know what we're talking about yet, and please feel free to contact us and we'll be very happy to, to answer your questions and steer you in the right direction. But before we do, Brian, I thought um, it might be a good idea just to mention the letter that we sent out um, earlier on. To, to a lot of our members um, about the, the difficult times that we're in, and they are difficult, and, and we do know that a lot of our members, and indeed a lot of our sympathizers and friends, are going through periods of isolation enforced by various government regulations around the world, and that you're not able in some places to attend services because we aren't allowed to, legally we aren't allowed to hold them. And yes, you're supporting us online, which is wonderful. I think our online figures, Brian, lately have been uh, uh, record figures recently, I believe. It's one online. of the silver linings of the, uh, of the pandemic, really, is, is our outreach. It is. Outreach. It is, and I agree. Um, but, you know, it's, it's difficult. So uh, one of the things that Brian and I have suggested in this letter that we sent out this month, actually, is the use of the prayer for the Aetherius Society, because that's a prayer many of you have. If you don't, we can certainly make sure you get one if you contact us. And this is a prayer that uh, Dr. King um, wrote himself. In, he published it in 1973. And, and I'll just read some words that we quoted in this letter by Dr. King. 
an entity of this importance, this is the Ethereum Society he's talking about, needs, I repeat, needs all our help, all our enthusiasm, all our positive thought in order to protect and strengthen it. I now ask every member and sympathizer of the Ethereum Society to make sure that every single day of your lives you devote a small portion of your time to ask for power, strength and protection for your great society. So I think, Brian, it'd be true to say never has that been more applicable than now. Definitely. Um, the Ethereum Society is uh, tasked with doing some tremendous work for the great ones on behalf of mankind. And it's times like these that uh, we really need to uh, carry on and, and do even more, if at all possible. And this year we, we are. And so, but we do need all the help and all the positive energy we can possibly have. Indeed. And, and I think also doing a prayer like this one kind of unites you that even though you may kind of be physically on your own in this, some of you in this period, you're not alone with the spirit of the, of the group soul of the Ethereum Society on the physical realm and indeed beyond it. Uh, when you join in with a prayer like this, you're, we're all coming together uh, just as we are with our online services and everything we do, actually, uh, including what we're talking about in this program, the Saturn mission. There's just a small number of us are privileged to be on a phase, but this is a mission performed by the whole Ethereum society, whatever role you have in it, wouldn't you say, Brian? I would. You know, just a, a brief thing. Um, it's a good experiment for everyone to do would be to spend um, one or two minutes looking at the news, whether it be politics or COVID-19 or, or, or et cetera, and then, and then yeah. after those two minutes, feel what you feel like, and then think about um, the teachings of the Ethereum Society or, or do the prayer, um, something like that for one or two minutes, and see how you feel after that. That's a good one. Yes, yes. That's a good exercise. Okay, thanks for that. And um, and thanks to you all, all staff, all members, all friends, all sympathizers of the Ethereum Society, all listeners to Ethereum Radio Live. If you listen to this program, and some of it lately, is, I do know, been very in-depth and maybe slightly difficult to follow for some people at times, but you are very much part of the group soul of the society when you when you join in with this program on a monthly basis so Definitely. let's let's try that practice that um, that Brian suggested there so tonight today's show I, sh I keep saying tonight but of course it's uh, what's it like there Brian beautiful sunny morning no I, doubt I have to say it is a beautiful sunny day we're, we're expecting uh, in the mid 70s today and it's uh, I feel a little you. bit uh, <laughs> you rotter <laughs> oh beautiful beautiful um so anyway we're going to focus on the saturn mission and it's it's amazing when you th i just like to start off by reading one statement that dr king made and he made this in 1990 on september the 9th uh, and it's quite a quite an amazing statement really he said the people responsible for the saturn mission are three lords of karma the perfects we call them the perfects of Saturn. Now, that's incredible, really. I mean, we, we've been told there are 12 perfects of Saturn, and uh, by the sounds of this quote, there must be three of those that are responsible, or if, if not all of them, that are responsible for this. And these really are the greatest masters on any planet in the solar system, by far, actually. You only have to read the eighth freedom to that's get right. a glimpse of that. It makes your, 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 it makes my blood go cold. It's, it's just so, um, it's hard to get your head around that statement, really. It really, it really is hard is. to understand that and believe that and feel it and yeah. acknowledge that. Yeah, and we were, uh, Brian and I were chatting just before the program, and, and I don't know, and neither of us know, but there's certainly been no mention of the fact that this mission, the Saturn mission, is performed on any other realm. I mean, it might be, but we certainly no indication that it has been. And uh, based on the fact that Operation Earthlight, uh, the main realm, the most important realm for that to be done was was the physical realm. The, physical. Yeah. It, it, it's quite incredible that... Um, you know, we have this tremendous honour, uh, and uh, we and three times a year we perform it. And the design of the mission came from the Lords of Saturn themselves. They they gave the mission to Dr. King, which is slightly unusual among the missions we do. Um, in that, 
you know, Prayer Power was designed by Dr. King, Sunbeam was designed by Dr. King, um, and Space Power 2 came about as a result of questioning and thinking by Dr. King, and of course the SER, which is used in Operation Space Power, was designed by Dr. King. But in this mission, yes, the equipment is all designed by Dr. King, and the two psychic centers that are used in it of, of the Mother Earth were discovered by him, course they would be very well known to the lords of saturn it goes without saying but perhaps that's part of the karma of it brian that you know, the his designs and his discoveries were used in their mo well you know i think that he would not have dreamed that um uh the lords of saturn would have used him and and now the ethereal society for a mission um, and so I think you're absolutely right. Uh, the, ap the biggest key is what uh, our master was able to do karmically on this plane of Earth. Mm. Yes. And it must have been the very fact, I think he said before now, that the very existence of the spiritual energy radiator is a karmic manipulation in itself. Just the fact absolutely. that it's there. And, you know. and so in this mission, they use the spiritual energy radiator. They, they use an operation prayer, or it's not actually an operation prayer power battery, but a spiritual energy battery. Um, and, and they use the two psychic centers that he had discovered in an ordinary earth physical body and turn it into just a most magical, powerful, wonderful mission in which they are directly involved. That's something I have to get my head around every time we go on a subphase in Scotland, Brian, the fact that it is they themselves who are really performing we're lucky to be there. We have a role, but it's really they who are performing this mission. They make it all possible, and it really is—it's just—it's just completely staggering that uh, that we're <laughs> allowed to touch it. Indeed. So I'd like to start uh, talking about how how the mission came about, and that we were entrusted with doing this mission because I know that. Um, in the period, which was really the last 10 years of Dr. King's life, when the future was being set up, and particularly in August of 1990, when there were some international directors' meetings and certain engineering officers, such as yourself, Brian, were at those meetings and plans were being made for the future, I, it was, uh, the impression I had was that Dr. King did not expect the Saturn mission to be part of our future operation after his demise. Would you, would you agree with that? Oh, you know, he said that in so many words, uh, at least a couple times in during addresses mm. and whatnot. You know, that was his expectation. Is that we? Uh, I mean, he also mentioned one time uh, that you know that there is some vague possibility, but more in, in the um, certainly the time frame you're talking about, in the throughout the 90s, he was definitely mm. of the opinion that we would not be able to perform the Saturn mission in the future when he left. Definitely. Right. And I must say, I don't think anyone uh, knows better about how it all came about than, than Brian does, uh, because, you know, you were there, you were at his side, you were uh, the person who was compiling and, and uh, taking down all the mental transmissions he received, and you were with him 24 hours a day. And uh, I'd like to read, actually, from a fax that uh, Dr. King sent out on March the 23rd, 1996, uh, from Santa Barbara about the Saturn mission. And this is, I'm now quoting directly from this fax. I have decided to leave this great mission to the Ethereum Society in the future. You should all be extremely thankful that I have done this. You should also be extremely thankful that the Masters have agreed with this decision of mine. Bear in mind, all of you, that it was George King who made the decision to leave this mission for continuance by the Ethereum Society into the future, thereby giving you an unusual opportunity to help the world as a whole and, of course, to help yourselves as individuals. It took a lot of thought and a tremendous amount of time and work on my part and the part of Reverend Brian Kniep to prepare the fully detailed modus operandi. 
So I'd like to ask you, Brian, that's that's the end of that quote, and I think it's a great tribute. It's a very great thing that uh, he did mention you there. What a thing to have been involved in, uh, in helping to set up the future of the Saturn mission. And I remember being over a lot in that period, in the early, throughout the ni- early 90s, actually, um, and being in Santa Barbara and... I remember sitting down with yourself and, and, and our master, as we call him, to discuss particularly the Scotland aspect of, of this plan. But it first came up, I believe, in, in November 1994. And I think I'm right in saying that it was quite a shock, uh, if that's the right word, certainly a surprise to our master. Would you care to sort of describe how that was in, in November of '94? Well, first of all, I'll just go back to that, uh, that um, fax uh, our master sent out, and he was, yeah. you know, about the tremendous amount of time and work on uh, our master's part and the part of um, Brian Kniep. You know, I'm sure everyone who, who knows our master knows that it was like 99.9% our master and 0.01% me, <laughs> just so we make that clear <laughs> i helped him where i could but he, he was he was the one calling the shots on that one of course but let me yeah. so in um in november um 94 it really came completely out of the blue and you know as you mentioned um i was responsible for um making sure that the, the mental transmissions that dr king received were recorded and then transcribed and you know, I think people should know that all the communication that went on between our master and the adepts, especially, was not recorded. You know, I mean, the the, yeah. the important ones he recorded, but he would get flashes and, and inspiration and information and et cetera um, at odd times, and sometimes he would then um, put it in his own words. <clears throat> and this is what happened on this particular instance uh, on November 9th. Uh, he got a flash um, from Nixie 005, um, and it was not recorded. Um, but there was a, um, a fax that Dr. King sent out the day after, if, um, if I could read, uh, which would kind of put it in context. Yeah. And this was um, dated uh, November 10th, 1994, and it was addressed to the International Directors America uh, by His Eminence George King, founder president. Uh, and it's the subject is an emergency meeting with request for feedback. And so Dr. King says, I was contacted by Adam Nixie 005 yesterday, November 9th, 1994, and given the following fantastic information. Due to the work I have done throughout the years in the Saturn mission, Saturn High Command is allowing the Ethereum Society to continue this cosmic mission after my demise. It was an offer, so now it's up to the master to decide whether he wanted to, to, to do it. And so he goes on. Mm. I want the international directors in America to discuss how this mission can be correctly handled in the future in America. I will deal with England separately. The MO will be nearly the same as I have done throughout the years. What I want is feedback on who should be in charge of the mission. My initial feeling is to have two people in charge, both of whom should be able to go into the field either together or individually. Boat handling is not uh, the important factor. Whoever is chosen will have to be approved by Saturn High Command and must be balanced and responsible. Send back with Brian your collective feedback. Go with God, Sir George King. So that's that's really how it all started. And you see, he, he... the, the MO, he was planning on doing pretty much the same way as it had been done by himself. But the, the worry that he had and the concern that he had was how would it be um, organized? How could he be confident that it would be organized and continue successfully after his demise? And that took him basically uh, almost two years, or a year and a half anyway, to mm-hmm. get all that figured out. And then he, he, he wrote that fact that you just got through reading, that it was he who gave us the mission, because he was finally happy with um, the situation, with the plan. Indeed. And uh, and it came, I mean, it just came straight after Operation Sunbeam Plan K, by a matter of months, oh really, yeah. which it was, was so the quantum leap. 
so much going on. And then, of yeah. course, also, I do remember, this was also the time when he learned about the seriousness of his health. Okay. And I don't think we will go into that, but I think people know he was very ill. But, you know, he he determined to see this through, and he did see it through, and in fact lived longer than some people thought he would do, some medical oh, people, uh, I believe. Longer than all the, all the doctors thought, all of them. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, um, you know, and then he, he came up with this plan. So through that whole period, um, it was developing amidst all the other things that were going on, and yeah, I, I certainly, I mean, I was privileged to be, as I say, in some meetings, and I think it must have been February or March of 96. So this is over a year later than he'd first, and we were, and, but something absolutely critical happened um, to, to that, uh, you know, that, that, that modus operandi, didn't it? In, in early, I think it was January, I believe, of 1996, which changed the whole thing uh, to do with Adepnix's 009 because we had one big problem with the modus operandi which was the fact that it's essential to the mission in, in Dr. King's lifetime was the, the fact that the satellite number three had to be in orbit didn't it during a phase because the spiritual energy radiator is a part of it uh, a battery charged by the adept is a part of it and then energy naturally released through a psychic center is a part of it. So there were those three elements um, involved in it. And this was a problem because it meant the dates had to fit in with spiritual pushes. And uh, would you like, can you describe, because you were there, how that changed? Just, uh, just It must have been just a few months before that fax. I think it was January of 1996. It was 95, January of 95. <clears throat> was it? Yep, and it was um, it was an amazing thing. Uh, January twenty third, uh, nineteen ninety five, His Eminence was informed that Nixie zero zero nine was going to be given a, a lo much larger craft, uh, along with um, three more, at least at least three more adepts. And so it was raised right. to a larger craft and a, a total of at least six adepts. And the master heard that. It's interesting that it was on the master's birthday, but he mm. thought about that and let it kind of shift around in his mind, as he often would do. And then in, I think it was early June, uh, he, it was June 4th, it finally kind of coalesced in his mind, and he, and he asked Nixie 009 at 2.15 in the morning, I believe it was, um, contacted Nixie 009 and asked, had his idea and said, would you be willing to request from Saturn High Command that uh, a phase of the, of the Saturn mission could be done through your satellite rather than um, the third satellite, which would not be in orbit. And mm. it was a huge move. And just to show how, um, how much uh, respect um, the Great Ones had for our Master, within hours... Within hours, uh, Nixie 009 plus Nixie 005 and a Saturnian who just happened to be there at the time all yeah. traveled to Saturn to uh, meet with Saturn High Command to uh, put forth this proposal. <clears throat> and it was, it was accepted. And it was, a, it's a, it was such a huge thing. And I think that really... Um, put the master's mind uh, much more at ease because then he, he was he was really building for us um, this tremendous flexibility um, so that we would have uh, more of a chance to be successful in continuing this great mission. And that changed everything, didn't it? And of course, yes. tip, typical of our master, um, just like weeks after that, June the 4th, when it was accepted, um, he arranged for a phase of the mission. That's right. uh, and I think exactly that just right. goes to show how he sort of never left anything to chance. It was all approved, yep. and that would be good enough for anyone, really. But he, he, he also wanted to put it That's into right. practice, didn't he? And That's so, right. what was it? Really cinch it, kind of cinch it down. Kind of like Absolutely, and see it done. And it was done yeah. in, in June. Uh, I've got the dates, 27, 28, 29, so it's very soon after, phase 35, actually the last phase done in his last lifetime, yeah. Uh, yeah. took place, didn't it? 
may may it, it's you know it it gives you goosebumps just thinking about this and 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 remember this is this is the master in very poor health yes another very great strain poor health yeah. yes. and a great strain and so it's you know it's even more amazing that uh, he was able to do these, these remarkable things with, with Quite high incredible. These are the, the the most, as you said, the most evolved beings uh, in the solar system. <clears throat> it is, and and you know, so I mean, I think any of us <laughs> would just be, even if we were able to know what the the powers that be, as it were, wanted, we wouldn't try and think, well, what can I, you know, how can I improve this? <laughs> how could I suggest that? And and yet he did. He always did that. I mean, that's, that's yeah. why we've got Operation Space Power too. Um, right. And just you know, just for the sake of newer listeners, I mean, just to go through very briefly the modus operandi as it exists, and this has all been published. This isn't this bit isn't classified, so we can tell you. It involves the charging of a battery, a spiritual energy battery, by the adepts, and that takes place the evening before, and then. The next day, it's taken out over the water, and while it's over the water, for the period of the subphase, um, that energy is being discharged from this battery by Lords of Saturn using equipment which is, I think he has stated on the record, very, very fine, finer than the, the, the width of a hair, mm. to, to pull the energy out of, of, of this battery and mingle it. And being perfect, it'll be perfectly mingled with energy released by the Earth, intermingled right. and, and then sent out. Yeah. yeah, I mean, how do you see that, that intermingling not that you know, I, I say I'm I'm an ignoramus, and I think we both say that. But I mean, how how do you see that? To me, it seems that this energy that comes from the directly from the Earth, in Earth Operation Earthlight, for example, we're told it goes straight to the higher devic forces, and it must be this mingling of the energy with the energy first of all from the battery, and also possibly from satellite number three, which has to be operational. And now, as you say, it can be from adept number nine, if, it, if satellite number three is in orbit, m- must make it more accessible not, you know, to humanity, shall we say, as well as to the higher devic forces. You know, I, again, I want to preface this by saying I don't know, but um, yeah. I always like to think that, um, or, or through the years of doing the Saturn mission, I've, I've developed this, 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 this feeling, this theory, that this energy is from the battery, which, which is who knows how amazing this energy is. This is energy that was designed, if not created, by the uh, perfects of Saturn. And this energy is, is, is like it's in, intermingled into this, this natural flow that's coming out of the Mother Earth, which is going to go all around the world. And it, it's this, this energy is intermingled in there, and it's it's so potent that as it goes out, it has this tremendous effect for peace and devic stabilization. And I yeah. kind of think that there are other beings who who are helping that in some way. You know, um, could be the, the Great White Brotherhood, it could be the Adepts, it could be Third Satellite, but they they have a hand in in getting this this this, this treasured small energy from the small battery in just the right way to um, to have this tremendous effect. And remember, the saving 90,000 lives is just a small side effect yes. of, of what this yes. energy is doing. So it's just some, that's, that's, that's what I get. Very interesting, very interesting, because we've been discussing, um, Chrissy and I, the the next thousand years as laid out in the five temples of God, and of course it's changed, a lot of the the factors have changed, but the main essence hasn't changed, in fact it's been potentized, if anything, well not if anything, it definitely has been potentized, but one of the things that Dr. King wrote in that book, and that would be in 1967, he had this concept then in a power stabilization station in a temple, mm-hmm. was the fact that there had to be a mingling of energy released by the Earth with energy coming from satellite number three. So that's, that's incredible, really. And, you know, that's because very, Operation very Earth... very similar, yeah. Very yeah, similar. yeah, yeah, and even enhanced. And enhanced. because... 
course. Yeah, because it's done by the laws of Saturn themselves now. Um, But, (laughs) you know, the fact that Operation Earthlight was given, and rightly so, to the spiritual hierarchy of Earth, because originally, as you know, again, better than anyone, because you wrote the book, but it was originally going to be something the Ethereum Society was going to do, um, you know, and the fact that that was, uh, has been given and undoubtedly performed so much better than we could possibly think of performing it ourselves. But at least we do have a mission that we're performing, which is involved in energy released from the Mother Earth. This is involved, in, in, and it's also a, a big aspect of it. It goes to the Kingdom. Exactly. Exactly. And and coming back to the point you were making about the, the craft of adept number nine, um, I mean, just for the sake of newer, again, people who aren't so familiar with the, the implications of that, the whole timing of it, and, and this was in the, in the year 1995, when, of course, the plan was still being developed, the MO was still being yeah. considered, it hadn't come to fruition, was just perfect because... And who would have actually thought, oh, look, um, they, they've got a new craft and a larger crew. Let's put that to use in the Saturn mission, other than Dr. King. Uh, or, as we can now say, um, adept number one. And it's just a remarkable uh, demonstration of his strategic mind, I think, Brian. Well, another interesting thing, too, is when uh, I mentioned that he was, Dr. King was talking to Nick 009 at 2.15 in the morning, and he floated this idea, and Nick 009 came back and said, is that an official request? Right. And, um, and when, when yeah, Dr. King said yes, then he said, well, I guess I'm going to be going on a long trip then. In other words, <laughs> it, it was the official, yeah. it's the official request by, you know, his eminence of George King, their agent on Earth. And when he made yes. that official request, then things really started to move. And and the karmic factor of that, that someone in an you, Earth physical body... Yeah, 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 good point. Um, and of course, if we look at this year, um, every subphase of the nine subphases that we've done, because there's three per phase, I think eight of those have been done from uh, satellite 009. That's right. Well, yeah. no, it's a seven. I think, All I think but we one. Did two. Yeah, we, we, you did, we did two? two. We did, okay, we did two. seven yeah. then. Uh, yeah, so that's that's incredible. Well, we're going to have a break now because we always have a halfway break uh, where Nikki makes some announcements, and then after that, um, we'll uh, we'll on. actually have something. Very, we'll carry on, and and I, we're going to actually hear Brian's actually going to read uh, the, the the absolutely critical mental transmission when this final modus operandi was approved. So over to you, Nikki, please for the announcements. Wow, wow. Thank you so much, Richard and Brian. You are listening to a Sirius Radio Live with host Richard Lawrence and his guest, Brian Kniep, discussing the amazing Saturn mission. I am very pleased to announce that tomorrow, Wednesday, November the 18th, there will be a King Yoga experience with Mark Bennett entitled Spiritual Aliens, Why Are They Here? This is a free online event starting at 7 p.m. GMT from the Osiris Temple in London. For more details, please visit Osiris.org. Sadly for us all, at 12 midnight GMT, December the 10th, the shining temple of light we know as satellite number three leaves orbit of Earth, marking the end of the fourth spiritual push for 2020, during which... This giant spacecraft has flooded our world with much-needed spiritual energy since November the 4th. You are warmly invited to join us for this potent service to mark the last hour of this final spiritual push for 2020, which will be live-streamed from the Ethereum Temple in London and conducted by Richard Lawrence. Please, please continue to join us for all services, both live stream and online, to send this much-needed energy to our world, details of which are on Aetherius.org. For the next Aetherius Radio Live show on December the 15th, your hosts, Richard Lawrence and Chris Blaze, will cover the final part of their fascinating discourse on Aetherius Society directives for the coming 1,000 years, part four. Very exciting to look forward to. So that's it for now, and I'm very pleased to return you to Richard and Brian. 
Thank you, Nikki. Thank you very much. So, where have we got to? We got to March the 23rd, uh, 1996, and then on April the 4th, 1996, the final modus operandi was approved by the Master Ethereus in a mental transmission. And it's a, I, I think it's this transmission, I think, given that it's one of the most historic transmissions, really, Brian, that we've had, because it's, you know, it's, it's our... Uh, you might say the flagship mission that our master mm. left us, the Saturn mission, and this was the transmission in which it was approved that we could do it, really. And yet the humorous, understated tone of the master serious is so typical. And uh, I've, I'll hand over to you, please, to, to lead us in and perhaps read from that. be happy to. I mean, you know, uh, I was with the master with, with, with hundreds of um, mental transmissions, and uh, he was always um, very uh, deferential to um, especially the Master Theorist and the Comic Lord Mars Victor VI. And he would often spend quite some time, uh, some hours, um, preparing, uh, to, um, preparing to um, read out these, these questions. Um, but, and so the Master Theorist kind of knew that and he tried as much as he could to put our master at ease. And this is a perfect example of, of how, how he did that. And this is, as you mentioned, extremely important. And this was given on uh, April 4th, 1996. And so imagine this is up in Santa Barbara. He had the, the, uh, the um, modus operandi, which is six pages of the main and two pages communication. So it was eight pages in total. Uh, on his desk in um, his office in Santa Barbara, and he was sitting down there, and he opened up communication, and this is how it went. Um, yes, Master Theorist, you would like to scan that? And Master Theorist said, your opinion? So he was asking, what's your opinion of the plan? And the Master said, well, I think we've almost dotted every I. And so the Master Theorist says, then why ask me? <laughs> and that's... <laughs> And says, most deferent sir, it should be part of our constitution. And it, it, clearly, that question threw him. <laughs> so the master theory said, "Oh, I've got a new title, have I? That's rather good. That's what do you call what do you call it?" And his eminence says, "Cute." Master theory said, "Cute, yes, yes, cute." And his eminence says, "Yes, yes, yes." Master theory says, "Yes, very well. Sign it with the sanction and the." Sanction of a serious and other cosmic masters involved. All right, and his eminence said, "Yes, sir." And the master Ethereus said, "Have a good stiff drink. It'll do something for you. You appear to be a bit shaky." And of course, he was <laughs> shaky because this is this is a huge mission um, that was yes. being finalized, and and so he was nervous. He was shaky, and Master Ethereus doing everything he could to calm him down. Say, "It's okay. It's all you've done. You've done all the hard work." So he's saying, "Have a drink." And the master went on, I am. Mysterious goes, well, that's good, that's good. You should have a stiff drink. Zemin says, thank you very much. And his master said, oh, it should be a part of your aims and objects beyond any doubt. It's a very important mission. Uh, is that for all? Is that all for the moment? Zemin says, yes, it is. And then he kind of finishes off, then good luck to you, old boy. Now you've got a new title, Aetherius Out. And so that was, um, that was it's kind of a, you know, it, it's, it's almost crazy to think that the, the most important mission we have uh, was was um, communicated in this way, and it was, but it just really it, it shows the the closeness um, of the master theories and our master, and yet also yes. the deference that our master had for for um, master theories. Yes, the one he once called the infallible one early in the early teachings. Um, yeah, absolutely. And it's very touching. And it's so it seems so typical, in a way, of the Master Theorist from what we know of him and his, his sort of humor and his understated way. Do you remember the Master telling me he's known, Master Theorist is absolutely known for his sense of humor? There was that classic case, wasn't there, which I'm sure you'll remember, when um, satellite number three, the old satellite number three was being... Um, taken out of commission and was going to be replaced mm -hmm. and Adam number one was at the helm 
and uh, Master Atheris was cracking jokes, apparently, to all and sundry. <laughs> but I, I suppose, I imagine you, you poured that good stiff drink, did you not? Well, you know, he often would pour his own drinks at that time, so he would probably, uh, yeah. uh, he, he probably, because that would have been, um, I think it was dinner time. Uh, so yes. He would, yes. I would have possibly poured his sherry, but I think dinner time he would often would uh, do that himself. Uh, although probably he gave me a drink as well after that one. I, I would have thought so. But, but but joking aside, though, I mean, it also does it not show the status of the master Ethereus that he could, and he does it in this very kind of really humble way, but he, he could just say, yes, that's approved on behalf of myself, Aetherius, and other cosmic masters. When you think the other cosmic masters involved are lords of Saturn. Well, those are the main ones, really. I think it's a, it's yeah. a Saturn mission, so you're right. In, in, uh, in essence, he's, he's signing off on it for the lords of Saturn. Yes, in that way, and it's quite, <laughs> you know, it's again, this is... The thing Mars Sector 6 said about the Master of Theorists is, never have I met a greater master of understatement. And, yeah. you know, how many masters yeah. has Mars Sector 6 met? So that is that is quite staggering, really. And that's yeah. beautiful. Thanks for sharing that with us. And and how do you, I mean, uh, was this a, a great relief, did you feel, to our master once that was done and dusted, as it were? I know there was one further change made later, but essentially that was it, wasn't it? Uh he was relieved, but he was—he was—he was also still, you know, he was still concerned. He—I he, um, mean, then then it became a concern um, for whether or not we could live up to our part. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Then, then it, so it I do. I mean, he was—he was very happy that it was—it was done and approved. But then, then you know, because then you could say he was—he was really uh, put his reputation really on the line here, because here yeah. he—he's he, left this mission for. For us, and let's face it, we're pretty normal guys, you know, guys and ladies. Oh, yeah. and, uh, and to have us doing this mission in, you know, in cooperation with, with the greatest beings in the solar system is, is, a, is mm. a, a daunting, daunting thing. And so he was on, on the it one is. side extremely proud and happy that he was able to do this, but there was that, there was that, that worry. Indeed, and 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 he was known for worrying. Let's face it. And uh, but I I think we should say here and now that it is the number one priority in our calendar for the Ethereum Society, and never has there been a more worrying year than this year because at times it looked uh, certainly over here as though we might not be able to do it, and it was uh, tremendously stressful. But having said that, we have done the three phases this year, and we started. The year following his demise, which was 1998, and since then we've done three phases every year, right. uh, which is the maximum we're allowed to do. That's two in, in Lake Powell. Right. Yeah, one in, in, in Scotland. And that's a total of 69 phases. When you think 35 phases were done in his lifetime and, and 69 have been done since his physical lifetime, it's um, it, it's something we should take heart from, I think, all of us in the Ethereum Society, not just the team members. It's it's a tribute to everyone who stayed loyal and true, or even new people who are uh, supporting us and helping us in, in any way, through prayer, through work, in any way. This is something we've achieved, and that, just you mentioned the, the side effect, as it's called, of 90,000 lives being saved from death or severe mutilation. I, I calculate that to be well over six million lives in those 69 phases. Well, you know, you, you mentioned a point there, too, which I think is important to amplify, and that is, though we are the most fortunate to be able to go out into the field and perform these missions, um, every single member of the Ethereum Society is, is, is essential, uh, makes these missions stronger, um, because every mom, everyone in the Ethereum Society um, is, is, is in effect manipulating karma to make these missions um, as successful as they are. Uh, everyone in the society is, is a part of each phase of the Saturn mission, and that, that's so important. And that's why the Master made, went out of his way to um, create these, these thankfulness services um, and suggest that these thankfulness services would go on, because that makes it even more of, a, of an inclusion uh, if you if you were able to attend these, and now they're on on 
you know, online, they're, they're what, do you, what do you call it, um, live stream. So there's, there's live no stream, reason why yeah. everyone can't uh, be even closer to these essential uh, phases of the Saturn mission. Indeed, and, and with, with Operation Sunbeam, of course, we have a, a service that members join in with, which is part of the actual modus operandi, as it were, of that mission. And with the Saturn mission, we also do a service of thankfulness afterwards, but that, that wasn't incorporated uh, in the modus operandi. But I, I think it's a, a, certainly become a key part of it, and quite possibly if the master were here, he'd make it part of that now. Um, who knows? But um, he, he did, the, um, remember the bottom, the end of that one fax he sent out in uh, uh, what was it, March of '96. Uh, he did, he did, um, he did suggest that there were going to be thankfulness services. So he, he, he was definitely in his mind. But you're right, it wasn't yes, part of the actual mo. But it was, it was. He definitely and that's true. It. In fact, I can, I can read that actually. That's a very good point you make. Let me read that out to our listeners. Uh, it, it is possible you will have services of thankfulness following the completion of certain phases of this mission like you do with phases of Operation Sunbeam. So, yeah, and and we do hold them. And I think the fact, again, that all those who joined in with the thankfulness services following the latest phase, for example, were were a part of it. You know, they were part of the whole thing. And please don't anyone feel you're not part of it. And, And just to give you a bit more sort of insight into it, I think we've got some got little time here that Brian and I can share some of the things that happen on a mission obviously we have to be careful because some of it is classified but what I would say Brian is with any mission really that some of the procedure is straightforward to a degree I mean you have to do certain things very very carefully but what makes it so different from everything else that we do in life is that it has to be done right. It's not that it's like uh, the most difficult feat that anyone's ever performed. It's the fact that it's so important. And that's what sort of keep, puts us on edge, as it were, and, and, and makes it a, a highly pressured, if you like, uh, stressful um, thing to be doing. A wonderful, enormous privilege. But we, I think we're spending most of our time concentrating on just doing what we have to do right, would you say? Definitely. You know, the pressure's on, and uh, even though it's, you know, it's not inherently that complex, um, when, when there's that much pressure, then we, we learn from the master, as, as I, I knew, I know you know as well, Richard. Whenever you're doing something for the master or for a mission in, in his in his time, um, he he taught us to just dot every i, cross every t, be really careful with all points because things are um, almost likely to go wrong and you have to really watch even the simplest things and that's what we're up against uh, with each phase. Yeah, and and we've certainly been up against it this year. Um, So phase 102, which was the first phase uh, this year, which was in March of this year, um, you, you, you were, I think you were Actually, it's strange because we've had a lot of no question, a lot of interference. <laughs> we might as well not beat about the bush this mm. year, just generally and certainly with this mission. But I think we've also had some help as well. Um, and it's a strange combination. And I, th- I think I'm right in saying, Brian, that in your first phase this year, um, you were just able to do it in time, really, before a, a heavier lockdown set in. Have I got that right? Well, that's right. I mean, the lockdown happened in California um, pretty early on, but we were able to leave um, go, and go visit um, uh, the, ho- the house owned by the church in Arizona. And we went there. Um, again, we moved everything up by about a, at least a week, if not a bit more, uh, mm-hmm. getting worried that the lockdown might become more severe. And we went up there. Um, we did, uh, we did the, the phase, and then we came back. And within just a few days, of us leaving Lake Powell, uh, Lake Powell itself was locked down, and then we would not. And once that was locked down, you you were, you did not have access to. Um, we wouldn't have had access to the boat. We would not have been able to do the phase. So we we just right. snuck it in before a really hard lockdown in in Arizona. Definitely incredible, and it, it is amazing, really, that um, Dr. King left the missions. Uh, you know, in in such a way that a quite a small number of people 
can, can do them in extremis. You know, that they can be, I think you had six on that particular phase, six or seven maybe, seven, seven of you. Seven, yeah. yeah. Um, and But, I mean, even prayer power we found out this year um, that, you know, it can continue with 17 or 18 people if it has to. And some areas, like, right. for example, in London, we, we, we never do it with a number like that, but we have been doing this year. And um, likewise, a Saturn mission could be done with a very small number. Phase 103, when we were meant to be doing it, we normally do it, as I'm sure every reader of the... E news. I know this is June, yeah, and uh, you know that that was impossible. That was just locked down. We couldn't. We would couldn't legally do it. We were willing, but um, you know we we had to comply because it could have caused far more interference. Of course, we wouldn't break the law anyway. But even if we did, it, it could cause tremendous interference in that mission and for the Ethereum Society. Uh, and so we were really worried, and we were running through July. It was looking like the first option we might have is September, but then there was talk over here in the UK of another lockdown, a second wave coming in September. In fact, it did come. It came a bit later than September, or towards late September, I think, and we're back into a lockdown again now. But um, as a result of that, we were very worried. And, and in the meantime, John, who's one of the field commanders here, of course, John Holder, and was from the very beginning a field commander, he had some uh, tragic uh, personal uh, loss and had to be in another country uh, uh, during the period we were sort of trying to get ready for this. Um, and uh, in the, Paul White, another of the first f uh, field commanders here, had, um, was not well. I'm sorry to say, and wasn't able to come. We had all this going on, so Mervyn and I, Mervyn Smith and I, were, were very worried about getting a boat. And I remember we had a, a very worrying conversation. This would now be early August, because over here we don't have our own boat, as some listeners might know. Over there you do, don't you? But we, we don't have a boat. We have to rent a boat. And there was a worry that rental boats would be, would be stopped altogether. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I remember we had a conversation, Mervyn and I, we were looking at really extreme ways of trying to do the mission while complying with the modus operandi. Uh, what else, where else could we get a boat and drive it up through all, you know, run, run it up through all the canals and what could we do? And in the middle of this phone conversation, suddenly there was a cancellation. We had to stop the call because another call came in on Mervyn's mobile phone, I think it was, and um, another, another boat had become available. Uh, just so that that's what I mean by help as well as interference yeah. and suddenly yeah. we had a boat and we had to move quickly um, John got got back and played a key role uh, at, the, at the base here in London but um, he couldn't come up because again of quarantining and all those things and we had a small team and we were able to do it and then I think probably the one that was most difficult of all was the last one, Brian. Uh, you, had, you had the smallest team we've ever had in history, I think, on the Saturn mission. Yeah, just four, just four people. Um, and you know, we were going to have um, six. We had to cut it down because we couldn't get people from other countries because of the situation. And then right. um, two of the two of the three, two, two, one of the two people that were going to come. Um, Got got an illness, and uh, we weren't yeah. even sure if it was COVID. It turned out not to be, um, but mm. either way, it was an illness. And so those two uh, people could we kind of come in pairs, and so then they couldn't come. So that was really left us just with four people um, yeah. to do it, uh, which That's is really, bare bones, really, really tight, really tight. Yeah. yeah. And on top of that, we had some some um, very strange uh, and and severe uh, mechanical problems with uh, with both engines so we had some some <laughs> we had difficult what, I mean, can you share with us what happened there because that's well um, quite a story i think on one uh, on sub phase 2 we were down at one part of the um uh, of the uh, psychic center and we were slowing down and uh the starboard engine um uh, developed a, a serious problem, and we we could no longer use it. And and Gosh. then so then we had to finish that subphase just on one engine, uh, which we had never done before. It worked out mm. fairly well, um, and then we thought we would try and do the next subphase just with the one engine because there was not time to uh, fix the um, the starboard engine. Uh, and so we did it, um, but. The most remarkable thing was after it was done, we were coming back into um, our slip at the dock, and we were 
we were on, we were just going, you know, idle aid, idle, and we could see the dock, and it was only about literally one minute uh, before we would have been into the dock. One minute. And the Gee. last engine, the port engine, went out. And so then we had no power. Then it took us about a half hour, 40 minutes to, um, you know, manage to, to get um, Starfire 2 into the slip using our other boat as kind of a, a tugboat kind of a thing, but it was extremely difficult and hair-raising because you've got other boats around. And, you know, it was, mm. it was uh, fortunately, again, you're saying on the positive side, there was no wind. Uh, they had expected wind, um, but there was no wind at that point, which was a real good thing. Because it could have been really dangerous, couldn't oh, it, with it, it if there'd been, been a wind as you came in? It, it would have caused a tremendous damage to our boat and, and other boats, no question about it, yeah. had there been a wind, so, no question. That's, that's amazing. And, yet, and, and it's been done, and it just goes to show what we're up against, and the karmic winds, as it were, that blow against this yeah. mission as well as for this mission. So I think a razor's possibly... Edge. A razor's edge. A razor's edge, uh, indeed, well put. I think to just um, to, to sort of, as it were, round it up because we we're coming to an end and Nikki has her closing announcements, but before that, be good to talk just briefly about the, the, the role that you and I are very, very honoured to play um, in, in these phases since our master's demise, which is the communications role um, which, of course, he used to, to play himself. Well, he played both roles. He played the, the steered the boat. He was the helmsman and the, and the communications. Right. He did it all. He yeah. did it all. Um, but, um, of course, in his time, it was a two-way communication system. And, and he, I would recommend anyone who's interested in, in sort of understanding how this mission actually takes place, that they go to particular... Um, Cosmic Voice, which is uh, issues eight to ten um, in 1982, and he describes the the modus operandi and what we have to do. He says we steer a boat containing the battery on a straight course, maintain a straight course at slow speeds, and three for myself as the skipper. He says to remain in constant telepathic communication with the mission liaison officer Nixie 005, so that wind, waves, and wake conditions caused by other boats can be reported, as these cause a deviation from the original course especially in a light boat traveling at a slow speed. In other words, a running commentary of description of water conditions, necessary course changes, etc., must be kept up. And, of course, in his case, it was two-way. In our case, it's a one-way communication system that we, and we, we have a method, way of doing this, uh, Brian. But, uh, as, you know, as far as I'm concerned, of course, we... There's no, you are very aware, even though we certainly don't claim to get any awareness of, of a response, but certainly you can feel, can you not, um, that something is definitely taking place. You feel, I would say, a sense of certainty that this is being registered and, and, and you don't feel that you're just like talking to nobody. You're very aware of a presence there and, and of the enormity of what you're doing. That's a, perhaps the best way of putting it. How, how would you put it, Brian? I know I would say you're right. You, you definitely, um, obviously sometimes you feel it more than others. Um, yeah. But you definitely uh, feel the presence. You also uh, have to be aware uh, of, of your mind because, you know, there, yeah. there's a, um, undoubtedly a light scan on your mind. And so you've got to be um, aware of your, your, your mind, your thoughts, and, and, and your, what you say. Um, uh, and you want to be as clear as possible so that, you know, they know um, the situation. Um, but you, you do have this this tremendous um, compassion that you feel. Um, certainly I feel, I'm sure you do as well. Yeah, um, absolutely, uh, yeah. Kind of almost like a thankfulness that we're, we're doing it. And, um, yeah. and, and they're, they're really kind of bending over backwards to, to help us perform these, this mission. And then... It's, it's, yeah. it's such a tremendous... Yeah, like energy. an energy response, perhaps, you might say. Yes. You feel the energy, uh, if not the thoughts per se, and it's definitely tangibly there. Yeah, definitely. No, you, can, you, can feel their, you can feel their presence. Indeed. Well, I want to thank you so much for, for joining me on this Saturn Mission Special on Theorist Radio Live, Brian. 
and um, I'm looking forward to the next time we talk, which is very often, I'm pleased to say. So <laughs> we'll be in touch very soon, but not on the air. And yeah, was, that just lovely. remains. Thank you for having me. Appreciate that. Thank you. And just remains to hand over to Nikki, our producer. Well, whoa. <laughs> what an awe-inspiring journey today's show has been. Thank you so very, very much, Richard and Brian, for sharing your inspirational sights and amazing revelations about the Saturn mission, which are indeed thought-provoking. You have been listening to A Serious Radio Live, which is your cosmic connection the third Tuesday of each month. For the next A Serious Radio Live show on December the 15th, Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze will cover the final part of their fascinating discourse on A Serious Society Directives for the coming 1,000 Years, Part 4. Visiting Aetherius.org will provide you with details of the intensive program of services live streamed from the Aetherius temples in London and Los Angeles, together with its online 12 Blessings services at 12blessings.org. Please do join with us in those. Further information and full details of varied publications and audio titles that are also available as ebooks, CDs, or downloads can also be obtained from our website. You are very, very welcome to connect with your hosts, Quizzy Blaze and Richard Lawrence, by visiting their respective websites, quizzyblaze.com and richardlawrence.co.uk. We and can hope we give Brian's you enjoy website, listening. Nikki? Oh, right. Sorry, what's that? My apologies. BrianKneep.org, I believe. Well, that's right, yeah. BrianKneep.com. Dot com, thank you. Oh, dot com. Okay. So, what? thank you for that. So, it's BrianKneep, that's K-E-N-E-I-P-P dot com. So, BrianKneep dot com as well. Very interesting information on that, too. So, we hope you enjoyed listening to Aetherius Radio Live, and we look forward to your company next month.